Welcome to this next episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Episode 70 minus 1, or 23 times 3. Get your calculators out, folks. This is nothing about calculators at all. But how to do nothing, or something like that. And with me today, as always, is Corrine. Hello. Hi, Steve. We're suffering with delays and things today, so if there is a slight pause between what we say to each other, you'll have to excuse the internet for that, but never mind. Yeah, so we, we sort of both independently came up with this same idea, which is a bit scary in a way, <laughs> of, you know, how to do, how to plan to do nothing almost, I suppose, is one way of looking at it. Um, but, you know, we, we all lived such pressured lives these days with... Um, everyone demanding um, some semblance of time from us in either work or uh, at home or and sort of just generally keeping everything together that I started thinking today after going around the supermarket this morning uh, exciting life that it is that you know sometimes it doesn't harm if you want to just sit down and read a book or the magazine that just came through the post today where's the harm in that as long as you've planned for it very much so it's sort of like uh, how people budget vacation money right they they, they so they mm. they budget in all the expenses that they've got and then they've also budgeted in for example spontaneous spending money because they just know mm-hmm. that once a month they want to throw away two hundred dollars they don't know where but they know they want to account for it and i think that's the premise of our discussion today steve is how to account for a time budget where you can Mm. actually plan to do nothing and as specifically coming from a point of view as an entrepreneur as a business owner a small business owner i i've noticed that one of the biggest time issues i've got is that there's a tendency to want to get chained to my desk and sit there and work 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 because if I don't make things happen, then nothing happens. There's no other infrastructure as one would have working for a big company. There's no logistics department. There's no marketing. There's no anything. I'm it. I'm everything. So if I'm not at my desk working, then the business isn't functioning. Actually, what I've learned along the ways is that, in fact, the business is functioning and I have to plan for times when I can be away from the office just so that I can enjoy And that's the whole point of going into business for yourself. Otherwise, you can go work for someone else. But the idea Mm. for me, at least when I started this journey 12 years ago, was that I wanted to be able to look out at the sky and say, wow, it's a wonderful day today. I think I'm going to go out and not spend the day working because I can adjust my time. And that's one of the things that I love about having a paper planner and being able to plan out my activities are that... Mm. I can take the time to say, you know what, I am not going to be working next week more than three days. So I will work the three days as much as I can, get everything done, and then spend the weekend and the extra two days perhaps going out of town, going to go see a movie, going to go see a play, going anywhere that I want to go other than my office. Even if, like as you Mm. said, it includes just sitting and reading a book, reading a magazine that's come in the post to be able to take that downtime and and include that as part of the repertoire of a planning person 
who has their life in control or at least can control the moving parts of it as we've discussed so often. So your, your three days that you sort of you know, vaguely sort of plan out, do you think of that as three calendar days or three days spread through the week? So maybe uh, it can be both. you work half day. Yeah, it, it can be both. And it can even be a compilation of consistent number of hours. So mm-hmm. three 24-hour spans, whether they're going yeah. to be consecutive or not. But so long mm. as the work gets done, because I know for a fact I have times when a 10 p.m. creativity strikes and yeah. I can get up and go to my office and no one bothers me. And I can sit there and work until one and two in the morning and be happy with the product I've produced. Of course, everyone, every writer is happy with the product they've produced at two in the morning. It's the following morning <laughs> at 9 a.m. when you go back to read your work and you say to yourself, my goodness, what did I write? Um, so, but as we know, writing is a process and nothing ever gets done the first time around. So that's the point of being able to calculate this time in, whether it is a consecutive number of days or hours, so long as the work is being completed, I don't Mm. care. And frankly, I applaud any, any uh, business owners, managers, bosses that are out there that also can see past this time issue and allow their employees to come and go as they please. I know when I worked in the city in New York, one of the biggest issues was getting into work on time because of the huge rush of Mm. traffic and subways and all of that stuff. And luckily I was in a position where the boss basically said, as long as the work gets done, I don't care when you do it. It wasn't as if we were answering phones for a specific thing. So Mm. the the, the other thing I think of is that time downtime, if you like, for whatever, one of a better word, isn't wasted time. Um, Quite often, time away from the screen or doing what I normally do in any one day is often the time when I actually come up with the the best ideas, fresh ideas, or I actually go away and do something completely that I hadn't planned to do, but it it needed, it's been needing to be done for some time. And you get sort of, you get, you know, motivated to go and do something, um, you know, outside of your normal sort of pattern of uh, existence, if you like. I did this recently by deciding that that I would try to spend at least an hour or two each day reading actual paper books, books that I've had on the shelf for months, years or whatever, and I'm just not getting to read them because I find them, awkward to read at night you know lying in bed because the blunt thing if i fall asleep the blunt thing falls out of your hand and i've lost where i was in the book <laughs> you know sheer practicalities there whereas the kindle i quite you know have been using the kindle now for four or five years and you know just got so used to just you know one hand and you know just tap the button type thing but um yeah and it's it, it i haven't kept to the my original plan religiously i must admit Mm. you know some days i don't actually get to do it but other days i do and it's you know only an hour or two and it's amazing what you can absorb in that sort of time um that then sort of spurs you on to do a lot of other things um it's it's very interesting that you mention this because in my research of the ras the reticular activating system Mm. as you well know i'm very fond of my big RAS. 
<laughs> I have found that it is in fact developed as a result of direct hand-eye coordination for specifically those people who read out of paper books and or write down physically pen or pencil to paper. And so the RAS is not activated when you're reading out of a Kindle, for example, or when you're reading off of a screen, any screen, whether it's e-screen or, or digital, whatever wording you want to use. Um, and so what, what the research has shown is that on days where you find yourself reading more out of a paper book, and then you put the book aside and go do other activities as you're going about your day, your RAS is getting busy solving the issues and concerns and problems that you had either while you picked up while you were reading because of the subject matter you were reading mm. or natural questions and issues that rose up in your mind as you were reading a completely different and separate from the subject matter that you're reading. So for example, let's say you're reading a subject uh, on, I don't know, trains. And as you're reading the paper book, you're realizing that there are some projects in the house that are left undone. Then that's happened to all of us. We get distracted while reading. The natural course of events is that either you put the book down and go and resolve those issues, or you put the book down and go write those issues down in a planner so you have a list of things that you've thought about, or you ignore those thoughts and you continue reading, at which point hopefully you get past the distraction and push back into your concentration levels of reading. And then what happens is once you put the book down, the RAS is now activated with any one of those. Any one of those options will have activated the RAS into action. And so it's working subconsciously while you're busy doing other things. So have you, have you found that to be true, Steve? Have you found that, that while you're reading that you're resolving some issues later on, that all of a sudden you've gotten more active in doing mm. your own projects? One of the things I've been doing is I've always kept um, a notepad and a pen handy. Hmm. Either, the, my original thought was to keep that there to note things down out of the book that I'm reading at the moment. I, it's it's a more of a um, non-fiction books than fiction that I would tend to read okay. uh, in paper books. And I originally thought, oh, I'll keep the notepad and pen handy um, for any notes that I want to make for future reference or to go back to sort of thing, well, you know, like re-look again at page whatever it was. Right. But in actual fact, I've been finding that if something suddenly comes into my head about something completely not related to the book I'm reading, it's very useful to have that pen and paper there to write it down because I am terrible for a, you know... In, to short-term memory in terms of actually being able to you know, recall what it was I'd suddenly thought about to do, you know, someone to email or something that I'd suddenly forgotten or remembered to do or something like that. Uh, and, and that's been quite helpful in that sense. It's, it's, it aids, you know, it's an aid memoir, which, as, as the um, thing says, really, in terms of always having something handy to be able to make notes, um, at any time, you know, even if you're at the cinema or something like that, I still yeah. have a notebook with me. Um, <laughs> you're that guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Who scrawls even worse in the dark than he does in the daylight. <laughs> 
Well, oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, being able to write things down is is certainly um, excellent way of activating the RAS. Another way you may want to consider is using mind maps. I don't know if you're familiar with mind mapping at all, Steve. Have you heard yeah, of that? I've heard of them. I've not really used them for some time now. I must admit. It's very helpful, I have found, especially when reading books, to just have a large piece of blank paper alongside. Mm. So instead of taking linear notes, you basically have a central theme around which you have branches that extend. And so let's say you were reading a book about, I don't know, trains or fictional trains or whatever it is that you were reading. And suddenly you remembered that you had four or five different projects that you wanted to get on with for the home. You would just mm-hmm. add a branch for the home, central theme for the home, and then start right. writing those down. And what happens is you end up col- collecting over the course of a week or a month or however you want to collect. And you begin to see the pattern of how your brain thinks. Because this is why we have a strange thought come up in the middle of reading a book that is completely unrelated. Your brain doesn't think <laughs> in a linear fashion. Our brains don't think in a linear fashion. God knows Steve's doesn't think in a linear fashion when we're coming up with topics either. But mine's, it is in mine's those... Like the, what's that? Like a telephone exchange where you got all these wires going here, there, and everywhere. Well, absolutely. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. And so it's it's within those moments when we allow the brain to have that daydreaming break, for example. I know so many students have, have been slapped on their wrists for daydreaming, right? I know we were when we were growing up. Mm. Uh, teachers would come by and say, stop daydreaming. Well, in fact, it's in those daydreams that we begin to solve our problems and we begin to find solutions to things that we've been thinking about. Whether it's personal, emotional, psychological, all of these issues are resolved in those moments of daydreaming. And that's one of the things that I actually plan for, believe it or not. In my meetings with clients, I plan for sessions of daydreaming before and after my my um, mm. meetings. Because that's when I find that I can be in control of what's going on with my day. I find I can collect myself in those quote unquote as you called it downtime where it's not really wasted time you're right it's not wasted time it also helps i think um to have some period of time after a meeting like that to fully absorb everything and come down from the the high if if you like of the sort of interaction that you've had and it helps then also if you didn't write it down at the time to certainly write it down before you sort of, you know, head home in the traffic and all the rest of it. Um, So you've actually got everything, you've captivated everything before you've captured it all, before you actually sort of, you know, hit the road. Then your mind is solely on driving then, not trying to recall things from the meeting that you're going to write, trying to write write down later sort of thing. Driving's difficult enough these days anyway. It's um, tremendous how much information gets lost in the first five minutes of a meeting, if uh, after a uh, meeting, excuse me, if they're not written down. Especially, as you said, yeah. if you go off driving somewhere else, that's it. You, whatever mm. it is you think, oh, this is something so small, so trivial, I'll remember it. No, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, no. you'd be writing down while you're speaking. And, but it's hard to do both sometimes, to be able to be present I, in a meeting and, and take notes. I quite often... Um, start drafting um, a blog post um, about, say, a meetup on the way back from the meetup. If I'm on the train, um, that's where I will type because then it's everything is still fresh in my mind and it's just a nice distraction to sit there just typing about the nice day we've had and what have you. 
than sort of sitting sort of aimlessly thinking how am I going to spend the next 45 minutes on a train ride that I've done so many times that there's nothing really new to see out the window sort of thing um so it, it's a nice distraction to sort of sit there and just type it up and you know capture the thing whilst it's still fresh in your memory sort of thing and that's part of uh that's part of activating the RAS, but I would prefer that you take physical notes instead of typing it, just saying from a RAS yeah. point of view, you're welcome to type all you want, <laughs> but I'm just saying if you want to capture more more of the details, write them down and then type them up. But that's just me. The trouble is if I wrote them down, I wouldn't be able to understand my writing that's after the Bible. That's true. Never and mind. It, <laughs> <laughs> it works fine for short notes, but long you know, if I write, you know, an A four side of paper it's just not gonna work <laughs> right right do you have any strategies go. that you've used as far as switching from kindle to uh paper books and note taking is is there is there any significant difference that you've noticed in being able to do that certainly certainly for non-fiction where there's you know diagrams and photos and what have you although you know on a on iPad, you can it more or less looks the same as the printed book and what have you. Mm. Um, but the iPad's a bit big and wieldy for reading, sort of unless you're sitting upright and all the rest of it. You certainly, I certainly couldn't use an iPad laying down in bed, sort of thing. To my arms would be sort of aching <laughs> after about five minutes of holding the thing up. But uh, the, um, the sometimes it's. I end up with the paper version because simply because of the fact that they haven't actually published it yet on Kindle. Not every book is published in ebook right. format, particularly some of the older ones. I must admit, um, and some of the ones that are even out of print, um, I end up buying sort of second hand because they they become available through one means or another sort of thing. But I don't have a huge pile of books, but I just keep looking at it and every. You know, a couple of weeks when you're dusting the the bedroom, there's this stack of books there that you consciously move out of the way, dust, and then put them back again. You think, why am I doing this? It's all not time? decor. You were actually meant to read them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are meant to read these things, and um, I've got quite. I sort of realised that I've got quite a stack of books to read about um, time management and planning and all that sort of thing. So I thought. Now, why have I gone to the effort of actually trying to find some of these things, but I'm not actually sitting down and reading them? It, you know, it seems a bit of a waste, really. You know, they might look in, you know, impressive on the shelf, but they ain't going to do much the doing. Who are they impressing? Nowadays. That's what I want to know. Well, this is a good point. Yeah, not many people really. <laughs> well, so that's that's part of the idea of of doing nothing. Is that I found that the more I plan to do. The intention behind the plan is to continue to do less, if that makes any mm. sense. So it's not that I'm planning things in my life so that I can fill in the voids of not doing anything, but more so to accomplish things that have meaning. And then as a result of having accomplished those things, to be able to take a break from all of that and live in between the breaks as a consistent part of my life, instead of saying, mm. well, now I just need a holiday to get away from everything. How about if you just plan those mini holidays along the planning cycle? And I, mm -hmm. I, that's, I think that's one of the things I'd like to urge everyone out there in the planner verse to give a try and see 
If you feel that you're running out of steam towards the middle of the week, which is usually Tuesday night, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, right around there is, is usually where people start feeling, oh God, can we get to the weekend already? And I would highly suggest that perhaps Tuesday night or Wednesday evening, um, find an activity, find something that absolutely distracts you from what it is that you normally get done and see if you can't amuse yourself with this distraction. That was one of the strategies I recommended also to my clients for, for uh, networking, because one of the things that they get caught up with is that they have to consistently send out resumes and, and cover letters to be able to get hired. And I tell mm. them that the resumes only need like 10% of getting hired. The other 90% yeah. is knowing people and mm. researching the company. Right. And why not get to know people at events where you think you'd like to participate in? Let's say you're somebody that likes to go hunting. Let's say you're somebody that likes to go boating. Mm. Let's say you have hobbies in planners. Uh, Why not go to a meetup if there's a local one or create one for yourself during the middle of the week to break off that tension of having to go to work every single day and include by doing so you're also including the one very thing you're absolutely interested in participating in that adds value to the hobby that you have i Mm. i think personally it's a it's a great way to meet people and that way you're meeting people in the right industry right if if you're getting to sort of know right particularly (laughs) if you're um changing um jobs or changing fields that you've right. worked in if you're transitioning from one area to another yeah um so if you want to work then, in the in the industry for for landscaping why not mm. attend a landscapers meeting or or go and do a function participate in a function that yeah. they're having go and talk to uh, you know another someone who works for another company use nine LinkedIn times out of ten something. people get a job because of someone that they know or yeah. through someone that they know not because they've sent yeah. in their application. The application is a trivial part, part of it. It's important. Mm. It's not It's not unimportant. It's certainly very important. But the weight that it carries will be very different if someone walks in that resume for you or CV mm. versus if you just mail it in and no one knows who you are and they sort of have this. Yeah, random... you're just another, yet another one that's coming through the post, aren't you? Right. <laughs> exactly. Put it with file number 13, the shredder. Mm. <laughs> not dealing with the, this the, the one. The constant stack. Yeah, (laughs) brings me back to memories of um, in a previous life trying to help out the HR department with um, recruitment, and they said, "Oh, you couldn't have looked through some application forms, could you, to sort help us sort out which interviews we should be sending these people to?" And they opened this cupboard, and it was literally stacks of them. Well, that 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 tells you I'm I'm right on that end at least. I know most HR departments function like that. It's sad but true. And if you don't want to get stuck behind there, if you and if you really want to participate in actively getting hired, then consider breaking up your week and doing something that you love. Even if you're not looking to get hired, I really love the idea of having something that you belong to that adds value to your life. I know Steve has a couple of little groups that he belongs to, little hmm. radio and antenna nerd groups, yeah. and they they sit around <laughs> swapping transistors, soldering soldering wires and things i don't know what they do um, <laughs> what is it that you do over there steve nobody knows <laughs> as little as possible no sorry <laughs> see that, that that ties in exactly with the theme of this episode episode 70 minus one 
the um, it, it it is nice to be able to have something that's completely different from your you know your everyday thing. You know, for, for me, something that's not planner related it, it makes a nice, pleasant change sometimes. And uh, but it also has its own frustrations, <laughs> which <laughs> sort of confirm my sort of suspicions that you know this is just crazy as to why these people continue to exist even sometimes <laughs> yes. yet so so much nicer in the planner world um in comparison but, i've uh, noticed that yeah. and that's one of the reasons i like uh, the planner verse and i continue to produce and make these podcasts the quality of people and the wide array of expertise that we have in the planner verse is out- astounding astounding mm. I've never been disappointed by going to a planner event and to hear what people actually do for a living and be able to converse with them and say, can I please have a peek into how you plan? And just to have this world open up the minute they open their planner, you're like, oh, that's how you do it. Now I know. See, we, we, we all might walk, we could walk around with identical planners. It doesn't mean a thing, does it? You know, oh, you've got a black one. This, oh, the right. One. The covers you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, but that doesn't tell you half of the story, does it? It's what's inside that's the big um, thing. You know, how it's been assembled, how it's being used, and all that sort of stuff. Do you remember um, back in the 80s, there used to be the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Did you all have that show? We had it here in the United States. No, not that I can remember that far back. It, it, there was this... Um, <laughs> this British narrator and who would go around in, in explaining what the rich lifestyles of the rich and famous were with caviar dreams and champagne wishes and that sort of thing. <laughs> I think Steve, you and I might have to, might have to sit down and do a documentary on what's in parody of planners. It. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a planner, planner documentary, <laughs> plan you, plan you mentory <laughs> on, <laughs> <laughs> on um, what's inside different people's this week's planners. new word right and, and then that way we can take it from the extreme from one end of the spectrum to the other to see how a dollar 99 planner is versus a thousand dollar planner you know what's the difference yeah. inside and how the planning happens <laughs> no more no least effective than the than the you know, the, the they could equally just be as effective as each other I've found more successful people getting things done on a sheet of blank paper than mm. I have seen in the most expensive planners with the best uh, knobs and whistles on it. So there's there's something for you. So I'm going to start early by asking you what you're going to be spending your free time in this next week. Uh, actually, this next week coming up, I'm not going to have a lot of free time. I'm going to be flying out to another part of the country uh, for for a few days. But I know for in between my flights or while I'm on the flight, I'm going to be doing a couple of things. Number one, I have also started reading. February is my reading month. So I'm taking it to heart and I'm going to be reading as many books as I can. I'm challenging myself for the month of February, although it's a short month. It's okay. And the second thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be updating my master task lists on my OmniFocus. And once mm. I'm done, they will get printed out and divvied out on paper for a month, yearly, monthly, and weekly tasking so that I can backwards plan. The, the month of OmniFocus has arrived. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, and that is, that is my 
free time. I'm also going to be taking extra naps when I can. That's my goal is to take naps. I haven't gotten Sounds a lot like of sleep in January. So. What about you, Steve? What are you going to be doing for downtime? Well, I've actually made a sort of a cataclysmic start, I suppose, because it's been <laughs> a long time um, in sorting out my workbench area. Uh-oh. Outside of the office. It's, well, you do a before and after uh, picture. Well, I've gotten after, well, certainly partway through picture. Partway through, that counts. That counts. <laughs> I, I was ashamed of the before picture, I can tell you. It was <laughs> That's the whole point. Terrible. We want to be ashamed with you at how bad it was. <laughs> You've got to share these. Put it this way, there wasn't a lot of bench space available. It was just right. cluttered with, with other stuff. I can and, only imagine. Uh, started sorting through it last week, Nelson said, what have you been doing? <laughs> I can see bench. What are you planning to do? <laughs> You're like a, gr- a guru from uh, Despicable Me starting to clear off his workbench to come up with the next scheme. <laughs> but I've been fixing things and doing mad things like that. That's the other radical thing. And just generally sorting out the clutter, really. That's good. You, you, and sort of... Um, getting it clean inside it and i've got i've formulated a plan that's the other good thing of what i want to do next Uh-oh. this is sounding very serious indeed <laughs> this is a mustache worthy you know one of those so we'll finish on time hopefully this week And by asking you, as always, where can we find you on the web? You can find me at Planarology on Instagram. Actually, it's Karine Tovmasian on Instagram. What am I thinking? Uh, And it's uh, Planarology on Facebook and also ThroatPunchResumes.com and ThroatPunch on Facebook. Where can we find you, Steve? As usual, you'll find me at Filofaxi.com, TravelersNotebookTimes.com and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks... If you've enjoyed our ramblings here today, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share the podcast. (laughs) 